Well, I have to tell you that I like to stay where I've been reading. And I was reading this week, just kind of going through something. And, um, and God just met me in my prayer time and my devotion um, Tuesday morning. And um, this, there's a scripture that just leaped out at me that I don't ever remember really focusing on before. But God began to show me some things as I went into my commentary and I just began to pray. He actually said a lot of things to me but in my spirit. But, you know, whenever we go to the word of God, when we go to prayer, uh, we need to talk to the Lord. The Lord needs to talk to us. And he needs to speak to us through his word, too. And when you're in a spiritual uh, place and position or in that atmosphere, God can say a lot of things to you. Amen. Sometimes he'll tell you things he doesn't want you to say anything about. He just wants you to pray. That's all right. Amen. He didn't give you that information or speak something to you uh, so that you can go blab it. But he gave you that information because he trusts you enough that you'll pray and keep your mouth quiet. Amen. But um, the Holy Ghost knows exactly what we need. And uh, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 8, I want to I pray and then we'll read this. So if you would just pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight. Lord, you, you never cease to amaze me. You are amazing, Lord. And every time is a new experience, a new encounter, a new discovery of you in worship and a time in your presence. You're so timely. You're so targeted. You're so faithful. And I thank you. Father God, for that, Lord, because you know what we need. You're our God. You're our Father. You're our Shepherd. You're our everything, Lord. You're our Lord and Savior. We thank you. And Lord, I just pray tonight, I believe that the continuation of this, uh, Lord, from this service will carry over into the Word and that you'll talk to us from your Word tonight. I believe that with all my heart. I'm asking you to anoint these lips of clay and speak through me, Lord, and minister through me. And God, let your word begin to sink down deep in our hearts, Lord, that it would take up root, Father God, and that we would see what we didn't see before. We would respond, Father God, in obedience unto you. And I ask you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 8, it says this. I'm just going to read one scripture. Again, a new commandment, John says, I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. I'm going to read it again. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which is what Jesus said in the Gospels. Which thing is true in him and in you? It's not just in Christ or what he, was, what, what he did or who he was, but it's in you too. A lot of times people will say, well, I'm not God. And I said, yeah, but we're supposed to act like God. So this light is in him, it is him, and it's in you. So quit making excuses of why it's not in you and just be in you. Okay? But he said, again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past or passing, and the true light now shineth. Now, I just want to speak for a little bit tonight on a thought, walking in the light, or walk in the light. 
And, you know, years ago when I was at Living Waters, this was years ago before I started the church, I've shared this story, and I'm not trying to be funny. I don't want it to be funny. I want it to be serious. But I, we were praying. There was about 20 of us. We were praying, and we were going into the Chino prisons, and we had several yards that we were going to go to, and Pastor Duke was there, and all of the leaders were there. It was one of those times where when Pastor Duke went, everybody wanted to go. And so everybody was there, and I said, can I use the restroom before we leave? We were just waiting to pray, get in the car, and go. And so I went into, at that time, we were at the Eucalyptus Church. I, I went into the Alice Hall, and when you walked in, I knew exactly how to go. You went in, and you kind of turned to the left here a little bit, and then you walked up through to the other side of the Fellowship Hall, and you could make a right, go down a little hallway, and there was bathrooms down there. Well, I went in. I'd never been in there to turn on the light. It didn't unlock the door or anything like that. And uh, I remember I thought, well, you know, I've been in here enough times that I can just walk through here. I know how to navigate myself about how many steps and all of that. So I walked in the door, and I, I got that far, and I was like, okay, I'm good here. So I turned left, and I stopped, and I said, all right, now I'm going to walk this way. So I started walking, and I went, boom, right into the wall. It was pitch black because I didn't know where the light switch was. I didn't know how to turn it on. I mean, I hit that thing so hard I hit my head. And I thought, Lord. So I moved over just a little bit. I'm feeling on the wall. I was about a foot away. I got where I could walk. I said, okay, now I know I've got a straight shot to get down to that other end. And then I'll make a right down at that hallway. I know I'll see the light down the hallway where it says the exit, but I got to get there first. So I started walking. And I walked about 10 feet, 12 feet, and boom, I fell into a table. I hit my knee so hard that my blood came through my khaki pants. I had a, yes, and I thought, Lord, it's like a ping pong, uh, you know, not ping pong, like a, 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 you know, pinball machine. I'm just like, I'm walking and I'm feeling, and I'm feeling, and I'm feeling, and I just kept walking and kept walking. And, I, and then I thought, I'm clear now, boom, I hit my leg on a chair. It was an obstacle course in the dark. I finally got my way down to the hallway, and I'm, I don't even remember. I had run into so many things I forgot. But I think I hit the wall again with my shoulder. And I walked in there, and I went in, and I went to the restroom. I walked out, and I looked like I'd been in a car wreck. Pastor Luke looked at me, and he said, John, Jonathan, what in the world happened to you? And I said, I don't know. I was just... I was in, he goes, why didn't you turn the light on? I said, I don't know where the light is. I didn't know where the light was, and I thought I could navigate through there in the dark. But what I didn't know was that they had set up everything for a women's meeting, and there were tables all the way through there and chairs set up. And that was what I was tripping over and falling over because I wasn't walking in the light. You and I, what I want to say to you tonight, if you don't get anything else I say, you and I cannot navigate through this dark time that we're living in in our life without the light of the gospel, without the light of Christ, without the light of truth, without the light. We cannot. We cannot. And I told you this because darkness is an ever-advancing thing that we cannot control except in our lives. We can control it from coming into our lives. You can control darkness from coming into what you see, hear, eat, whatever you're around. You can control that. But you cannot control the fact that there is darkness and that it's advancing. Okay? And so 
But light, which is the truth, the reality of God and revelation of His Word, in short, everything about God that we can have and know is only advancing as we continue to walk in it. So darkness is continuing to advance. It's not going away until one day Christ puts it all under, okay? We're in a dark world, and it's getting darker and darker and darker and darker by the day. And so it's advancing. It's not stopping. We don't have control over that other than that we cannot, we can keep it from affecting our lives by walking in the light. But the light is not going to advance except we continue in that light and we move on that path of light, which is Christ and the Word and His destiny for our lives and the will of God. So light is only advancing as we continue to walk in it. Now I want you to get this because too many Christians live defeated, deceived, and destroyed by the enemy because they give way to darkness instead of light. Now I know this text speaks of the closing or darkness of the dispensation of the Mosaic Law and of the closing time where darkness was passed Jesus died on the cross. There was darkness on a Friday night. The whole earth was dark. I can tell you somebody said, I don't remember who it was, but a great theologian said, because God turned, he had to, Jesus had to feel, and I've preached it before, and experience the total rejection of God. Because he said, why hast thou forsaken me? He had to take that. That was what he had to put on the, that's what he had to uh, crucify on the cross, or why he was crucified. He became that. He took everything. He took our sin, he took our separation, he took our hell, he took our punishment, he took everything. And it was placed on the cross, thank God. But a lot of people say, well, when you read this scripture, it speaks of the closing or darkness of the dispensation of the old law and that, that old man and Christ paid for all of that. And, 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 and it speaks of the superiority of the light of a New Testament Christianity. I get that. But we are not even seeing all of the darkness and all of the light right now in totality. In other words, the earth isn't completely dark and the earth isn't completely lit up with Christ or with the life of Christ. There is this battle between the two. There's this battle between flesh and spirit. There's this battle between light and darkness. There's this battle going on between truth and, and, and error, truth and false and lie. So we're living in a time where there's, there's these two things that are taking place, okay? And there will come a day when there will be no more darkness, only light. In fact, Revelation 21, 23 through 25 speaks of how in heaven the sun is the light. There'll be no more uh, nighttime. There'll be no more darkness. It will only be light all the time. Amen? But here and now, in the life that we're living in, we are exhorted by the Apostle Paul. We're exhorted by the uh, Apostle John or John the Beloved who wrote the book of John, uh, the Gospel of John and the Epistles of John in Revelation and especially by Jesus to walk in the light. And there are many scriptures that talk about how that we can choose to walk in the light and there's a blessing that comes. Or we can choose not to and we will go into darkness and be blinded by the enemy. And, and there's a lot of scriptures that we could read tonight. I don't want to go into all of that because we already know that in this house. But I want you to understand if you're not walking in the light you are going to be blinded by the enemy in darkness. So, 
Many of the scriptures have a caveat in joining them. And if you don't know what a caveat is, that is a, uh, an ex- uh, a warning of a cautionary disclaimer. In other words, there's a promise, but in that promise there's a condition. There's, there, there's something you have to consider in a statement, you know. You can get excited and say, I want that new car. They say, you can have that new car. Praise God for $5.55 a month. There's a catch. There's something behind the scriptures that we read, and many of the scriptures have a caveat in joining them. And that's an exhort or a promise with a warning or cautionary disclaimer. Okay? Jesus said in John 8, 12, and I wanna, we're going to read these scriptures. I'm going to go through them as quickly as possible. But John 8, 12. John 8, 12. This is Christ speaking. And he said, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me. That's the operative word right there. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He that, he that followeth me. You know, a lot of times I found myself going down a dark dead end in my life. It was private. Nobody knew it. You've been there too. Don't act like you haven't because we all have. But we've all been there and done that and, and, and been like, how did I get caught up in this darkness? You quit following him. So you're not walking in light whenever, you're, you're going to be in darkness if you're not walking in light and following him because he is the light. He is the light. The operative word is followeth and that's faithful, continuance, and, and you shall not walk in the darkness but shall have the light of life. In Matthew 5.16, he said, let your light so shine. You may not let it shine, and God is robbed of his glory. He said, let it shine. The operative word there is let it happen. Make sure it happens. Be put on, you know, be put on, uh, on awareness of this, that you can let it shine or you cannot let it shine. We're to let it shine that the world may see the good works in your life and they won't glorify you, they'll glorify your Father. That's what it should be. Amen. When somebody comes up and they say, man, I just love you. I love the way you're so kind. You're so sweet. You're so this. You're so humble. You're all these things. And people will say things to you and they mean it with all sincerity. At that moment, you need to say, you know what? It's not me. It's him. It is not me. Because if you knew who Jonathan or who, whoever I am, who really I am, or, or not I am now, but who I was or what the possibility of what I could become, it's Christ Jesus in me. That's that, that, that you see. And so let them glorify God and not you and I. But we can let our light shine and we can refuse to let it shine according to where we're at. And if we don't, then God is robbed of his glory. In 1 Peter 2 and 9, here again, he talks about walking in the salvation in Christ. He says you're a, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're, you're, let me read it to you, amen. I always get that scripture Mixed up. I should have it here in front of me, but I was just writing it so fast. But in the first epistle of Peter, he said, You are a chosen generation. I'll find it here in just a second. I brought the other Bible. Verse 9 of chapter 2. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. If the world doesn't find God's people peculiar, then you need to check yourself. 
We're not supposed to be like the world. We're supposed to be the exact opposite. We're not supposed to be for abortion or smoking pot or taking drugs or, or the things that you see the world doing that thinks it's okay. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to watch different things and feel differently about things. Amen? Come on. But he said, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of the darkness or out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. What he's saying here again is walk in the light of salvation in Christ and it will bring praise amen our life is supposed to show praise and glory and honor unto God and a lot of times and let me just clarify it's not you going and praising in front of people praising God in front of people it's the way you live in 1 John 1 and 7 we're going back there again 1 John 1 and 7 He says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It shows us we have fellowship one with another. That's Christ and with our brothers. We need to have fellowship with Christ and God Almighty, which is Christ. And we need to have fellowship with one another. Amen. Amen. I may not go out to eat with you all the time. I may not spend a lot of time with you all the time because we all have diverse and, di- and, and different schedules, busy schedules. But when I see you, when, when you're part of the body, I have fellowship with you. I want to love you. I want to talk with you. I want to hear what's going on in your life. But I want us to talk about God. I want us to fellowship. That's what we need to be, that fellowship that we are we are we are part of the same body amen we're part of the same body and so because if it's right christward it'll be right manward that scripture's talking about fellowship with him and fellowship with you and I together amen but the blood will cleanse us from all sin when we walk in the light as he is in the light that's what he said if we walk in the light as he is in the light we'll have fellowship one with another so the problem is that we're not walking in the light like we need to be now walking in the light is absolutely mandatory for us to be in fellowship it cannot be any other way it cannot be in any other way your marriage relationships will not be healed they will not be uh, the way that they're supposed to be with the joys and the blessing and the, the, the Spirit of God, the grace of God in them, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, none of that will be there if you and I, amen, are not walking in the light. Amen. Now, I'm going to get into something here in just a minute, but I just want to say to you that there have been times that the devil brought a dark thought in my mind of anger, or frustration, or resentment. The devil will bring all kinds of things to your mind about somebody. And it's usually almost always the person that's closest to you. There have been times the devil brought the most mean, harsh, hard, wicked thoughts to my mind 
about my wife, about my kids, about even people in the church, and I thought, I can allow this darkness to, to, to begin to overtake me, or I can throw that off and walk in the light. The Word of God tells me one thing, and this is telling me something different, okay? So if we'll walk in the light, we'll have fellowship one with another, and if there's a problem, the blood of Jesus will cleanse that. But not if you're not in fellowship with God. Amen. So hear me. Your marriage relationships will, cannot be whole, blessed, with God's hand upon them and flowing with the Spirit of God and the presence of God except you're walking in the light. Your parent-child relationships or relationships with your kids, with your family, with co-workers, with neighbors, none of that will operate like it's supposed to coming from you. But what about them, Pastor? It doesn't matter about them. It matters about you and me. Because when we stand before God, listen, I know what people are supposed to be. But when, at the end of the day, when we stand before God, He's not going to say, well, you know what? I'm going to give you a pass because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. No, it's you. You and God at that moment in time. So the only thing that matters is this relationship has to be right and make sure that from you it's right. I may not be in other people and that's, that's their responsibility but if everybody will take responsibility for their life it would heal everything. Don't say woe unto you, say woe unto me. Amen. You know I'm preaching the truth to you. But in verse 9 of chapter 2 of 1 John, listen. He said, He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. Amen. Let that sink in. It's constantly, we need to be reminded of that. Okay? He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abides in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. You want to know why a lot of people are stumbling? Because there's things that they've not dealt with. And you don't even have to say anything to anybody. If you haven't said anything to anybody, take it to God and say, Lord, help me, forgive me, and remove this from me. Amen. Don't make the problem worse. Well, I thought we we're supposed to. There's some things you need to just not say anything. If it's not been public, keep it to yourself. Say, God, help me. Amen. That's his mercy because God's the God who wants to, he wants to uh, forgive it rather than expose it. Okay? And so my encouragement to you is this. He said, he that loveth his brother abides in the light and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. First thing you need to do is you need to walk in the light. You need to take all of this darkness that the enemy tries to bring, bring it into the light. Let God change it in your life and dispel the darkness because that's what happens when you turn on the light. It removes the darkness. So just come into the light where Jesus is and he'll heal everything. One of the things that I have found is whenever I had an issue with somebody, I went to prayer and I said, God, I'm first of all asking you to forgive me. And the second thing I want you to do for that person that the enemy has brought all these thoughts towards, I'm asking you to bless them. I'm asking you to bless them. I'm asking you to give them grace. I'm asking you, Father God, to pour out your spirit upon them. And the more and more I begin to pray the light things, not light, light, but but the things of the Word of God and the things of the Spirit praying over them, all of a sudden everything just seems to lift. 
Instead of going saying, Lord, you know, they're this and they're that, and I wish they'd change, and would you change them, God? Would you deal with them? Would you just start praying, God, give them grace. Lord, I pray, touch their lives, Lord. Minister to them. Bless them in abundance. Love on them in prayer. Watch as God begins to make that light brighter and brighter, and then all of a sudden you're like, where'd all that feeling go? God took it. He dispelled it. It's gone. Like a cockroach, when you turn on the light, they scatter. See, when you turn on the light, the cockroaches are there. You know how to deal with them. You know what, Lord? I realized why I felt that way. I was jealous. Hey, where's your amens? But he says, but he that hateth his brother, verse 11, is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not, knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. This is where I really want to go tonight. My message is don't let Satan keep you in the darkness. Remedy it by walking in the light. Darkness. That's what we used to be. It should have no place in our relationship with God. That's what we used to be. Ephesians 5.8 said, For you were sometimes in darkness... Actually, he says, for you were sometimes darkness. He didn't say you were in darkness. You were dark. You were the epitome of dark. You had all of the attributes of dark. Amen. You were darkness. But now are you the light? Are you light in the Lord? Walk as children of light. But we are not in darkness anymore. We are not to allow it to blind us. It's conquered but I can tell you the darkness has not completely passed. The possibility for it to come and affect you again is very real. That's why we have to walk in the light. That's why we have to read the scriptures because they will constantly put us in check. They will constantly remind us of what God is trying to tell us and talk to us about. And I've been a Christian for almost 33 years and there have been numerous, numerous, numerous times Almost, I wouldn't say yearly, but off, more often than, than, I, than I even can really say to you that I remember. But where the enemy comes and he brings thoughts, whether it's, it's, it's something that I'm dealing with, a temptation, or something that I'm dealing with with a person, or something somebody said, or a thought he put in my mind that caused me to question everything, that's darkness. If it didn't come from God, it's darkness. Amen. Now listen. We are not in darkness anymore. We are not to allow it to blind us. Because our hearts can be darkened if we're not careful. Our vision can be blinded if we're not careful. Our minds can be darkened by Satan's deceptive lies. And he lies to us. He's the father of all lies. He's the father of all lies. And you know what? Sadly to say, a lot of times we believe those lies. Let me tell you, if you walk in the light, even if someone does you the wrong way or does you wrong, you don't have to embrace the lies of retaliation. You don't have to. In fact, we're supposed to do the opposite of that. Jesus said, love those that are your enemies. Amen. Do good to those that, 
despitefully use you and speak or do all manner of evil against you. Do the opposite. But what does the devil tell you to do? He brings that darkness and he says, retaliate. Retaliate. Well, don't, don't buy into that. Don't embrace that. Listen, we hear all kinds of lies by Satan, but newsflash, we only become deceived when we believe them. Let me say it again. There's going to be all kinds of lies that the devil's going to bring, but you don't have to believe them, and you don't have to embrace them and then be deceived by them. God is speaking to us and telling us, don't let the darkness, and this isn't just relationship-wise. This just happened to be where God was kind of leading me tonight. But don't embrace the darkness of the hour that everything is just, you know, I know that, that things are dark out there. I know that we're living in the time of an antichrist age. It is a lightning speed, church. It's at lightning speed. The things that I'm reading and studying and how all of these things are happening and it's it's just, it's crazy the things, and I'm going to teach it more about the AI that's coming on the scene, an antichrist spirit. It's frightening if you're not a child of God and you know where you're going, amen? But no matter what, I can tell you, we're not in darkness, he said in Thessalonians, that the day should take us by surprise. He said, we're people of the light, we're children of the light, so live that way, be sober, be vigilant like I've been preaching to you, you know, uh, you know, be steadfast and unmoved. You know, always abounding in the things of God. Don't allow the enemy to bring those lies to you and believe them. Because I can tell you, God's going to take care of you and I as long as we're here upon this earth. He's going to bring us through every trial. He's going to bring us through everything that we're going to go through, persecution, everything. And no matter what, even if it costs us our life, nobody wants to hear that, but even if it costs us our life, He's going to be with us to the very end. And just remember, the only martyr that we ever read about where Jesus, we, we read about the heavens opened up was with Stephen. And Jesus stood up. There's a waiting. Uh, uh, there's a waiting, a celebration, and an entry, a welcome into glory if we are called to be martyrs in our generation for the cause of Christ. I can tell you. You say, well, I don't have the faith for that, Pastor. You will have the faith if God calls you to go through it. He'll give it to you. And the grace. But listen, I want to go back to this. We hear all kinds of lies by the devil. We don't have to embrace them. And we are not deceived by them. Only if we believe them. So don't believe the dark lies. Don't accept them. Don't embrace them. Amen. And as I said earlier, even if something happens, and there may be a reality about that, and you say, well, I know it's true. You know, I, I, whether it's, uh, I know they said this about me, or I know they don't like me, or I know this or that, or whatever. You have to know this. I still cannot allow myself to be tempted to go into that darkness and believe that lie or retaliate. I need to to, to walk in the light and be set apart from that. Because no matter what, at the end of the day, I'm going to stand before God. And my relationship with Him is all that matters. And it's just like Jesus said in Luke 17, Woe unto you that offend and woe unto you that are offended. No matter which side of the court you're on, you and I have to know, i got to overcome offenses and i got to stop offending. 
Amen? In my marriage, in my home, with my children, all of these things. If we walk in the light, we will keep a pure heart and perspective. God's perspective. Not ours. God's perspective. Which is a forgiving perspective. Which is a, it's not a suspicious perspective. Or a paranoid perspective. There have been times that I thought, you know what, Lord, they don't like me. He said, you, you, another preacher, I said, they don't like me. He said, you don't know that. The devil has lied to you and put that in your mind. Have, you, have they ever told you they don't like you? No. Has anybody even ever said to you that they don't like you? I said, no, it's just what I thought. He said, that's the problem. It's your perspective. Because the devil's all about destroying relationships. You hear me? He's about destroying relationships. And you have to have God's perspective. A forgiving perspective. A gracious perspective. You have to see or get what God's trying to say here uh, through your shepherd tonight. Through your under shepherd. Because Satan will cause your feelings and emotions to cause you to be in darkness. Jealousy and inferiority and insecurities will put you in darkness. Worldly ambitions and pursuits will put you in darkness. And in, in that alone, you're pursuing darkness and the kingdom of darkness because we know that the Bible says that, that when, you are a fr- when you are a friend to the world, you're the enemy of God. And look, look, folks, I know that we have lives, we have jobs, we have families, we have all these kinds of things that go on that we have to attend to. I get that. We're in the world, but we're not of it. But you cannot allow this world to be your driving force. You know, if you're on your Robin Hood looking at your stocks more than you're reading your word, if you're on more social media than you are reading your word or studying the word of God, if you, you get where I'm going, it's darkness. And God wants you to walk in the light. He wants us to walk in the light. And it's not just relationships. It's worldly ambitions. It's all kinds of things that we're dealing with. But I know here that we have our lives, our jobs, our families, all things, and we're in this world, but we're not of it. But I know what I'm telling you, and the Lord allowed me, I believe now, because I've come through several different things since January. I've had numerous circumstances. I've had numerous circumstances arise and things uh, that I had to uh, look and press and walk into the light of my, um, of my life and, and walk in the light so that I would respond the right way. Since January, there has been one thing after another after another, seeming like a test and a trial of my closest relationships. And how I responded matters. How you respond matters. The Lord was like, okay, this person came and confessed this to you. How are you going to respond? Are you going to say, you know what, I don't forgive you? Or you know what, I need to think about this for a few days. No, you don't. Jesus didn't think about it for a few days. Amen. He didn't think about it. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Before he even took his last breath, he said that. So 
But I've had these things confront me. I've, I've been confronted with these things because I have prayed. Be careful what you pray. I've prayed, you know what, Lord? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, God, let your kingdom come. That's how I pray. Give me this day my daily bread. And, Lord, I pray that you will forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those that have trespassed against me. And I said, Lord, nobody's trespassed against me. I Nobody's trespassed against me. I can't say right now that anybody has done anything that would cause me to feel. I'm so grateful that in my heart. And God said, buckle up. Because after breakthrough, a lot of things were said. Amen. And you're like, wow. And the Lord said, how are you going to respond? And I said, you know what, Lord? I'm going to walk in the light. Because that darkness comes. And the enemy tries to bring all kinds of things. What about this? What about that? And, and I'm going to tell you this, and ladies, I mean no disrespect, but because you're the emotional side of creation, for the most part, when somebody says something to you or they confess something to you, a lot of times you, you want details. I want to know when, where, how many times, who it was, this, that, boom, 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 boom. How much did you spend all this? You want details, details, details. And the more detail you get, the matter you get. That's darkness. There's darkness in the details. If your husband or your wife comes to you and says, please forgive me, or if your child comes to you and says, please forgive me, I'm sorry, this it could be a, a marital relationship, a child relationship, a friendship comes to you and says, please forgive me, don't go into the details. Please. Just say, I, just, I felt something, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Stay away from the details because this is what happens. It gives the devil more ammunition. You know I'm telling you the truth. Leave it alone. Amen. You know why God's let me say this? Because ain't none of us got a problem like that here tonight. It's the best time to preach it. Amen. So why we need it whenever we need to know? Because whenever, whenever you're not where you need to be, amen, you know a lot of times you get mad. So let God talk to you whenever you're happy. You can go back and play the tape or the podcast or the Facebook. But I can tell you how many times I've said to different ones, preachers, family members, loved ones, church people, everything. We're good. Really, we're good. We're good. And I'm like, we're good. And I left that conversation and I'm like, we're good. God's given me grace. We're good. Then a few days passes by and something comes up and you're like, we're not good anymore. <laughs> why, did he why did they walk by me and didn't talk to me? We're not good anymore. And I'm like, okay, I thought we were good, but I guess we're not good. And the devil's in that darkness. 
Are you hearing me, church? And so you got to go back there and say, Lord, bring light to this. You just expose, oh, bring light to this. And so the Lord's like, just remember that. Carry it into the light. Because the darkness, the real main thrust of this scripture was that the darkness is past or is passing, but the light's in front of us. So we're in this betwixt between place. And it's a constant moving forward in the light. If you don't care anything else I say, it's a constant moving forward in the light. And the darkness is in your rear view mirror. But just remember this, you have a windshield ahead of you and a rear view mirror showing you that what's behind you. Because God wants you to focus on what's ahead of you and not what's behind you. Your view should be so small about what's behind you. I'm moving on here. Amen. Isn't this wonderful? Because the light of Christ is greater than my feelings. And that light reveals all Christ has done for me. Who I am. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, it, it reveals all that Christ has done for me. And let me say this to you. Who are we? Who are we to harbor things when Jesus forgave us period we should never do that the light says wash their feet the light says help them the light says love them the light says serve the light says give show mercy because one day you may need that mercy returned to you amen amen look folks and i'm getting ready to close here i know it's just i I can't believe i did it but god's good But Proverbs 4.18, remember this scripture. I've quoted it many times, but remember this scripture. Uh, You know what? I just just want to go up just a few verses. I wasn't going to read them, but I'm going to just for the sake of closing. And um, in verse 10. He says, hear, O hear, oh, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, which is a dark way, and go not into the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it, pass away. For they sleep not. The devil sleeps not, except he's done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. The devil is tireless in who he works through and tireless in his effort to destroy our lives. Would you agree with me and say amen? And he says, for they sleep not except they have done mischief and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. My life mission statement that I live by is this right here. Let your light shine upon me, in me, before me, Unto a more perfect day. That's every day. And looking toward the day of heaven and eternal life. Just keep the light beaming bright. How do you keep the light beaming bright in the Bible? Oil. Oil. That was a mark of a spiritual person at the last days and the bridegroom cometh. And the five wise virgins had oil in their lamps. 
And in the Old Testament, in, in Exodus, I want to say it's 20, but I'm, I don't remember exactly, but Exodus, Moses was told to tell them, keep that lamp burning. The God that answers by fire will answer. And that fire that came down upon that sacrifice, you take that fire and you light that lamp and don't ever let that fire ever go out. That's your light. That's your light. And what happened, and this is just some history here, but what happened when Eli let the lamp, the light go out in the tabernacle, the temple, the tabernacle, he let the light go out, the fire go out. There was no open vision. And God said, your priesthood is done. I'm going to raise up somebody else that's faithful. Look, what I'm saying to you is that you have no light if you have no oil. And you and I have to go to the Lord for that anointing oil. And he'll give it to us. Would you agree with me that when we go before the Lord, even if we're going through something or we're dealing with something, we can go to the Lord and give it to him. And we leave that place and we're relieved from it. And we feel it lifted. God brings light to it. There have been times God showed me things and I said, you know what? I never looked at it from their perspective. I only saw it from my side, my perspective. But I'm looking at it from their perspective. Okay, you know, maybe their perspective isn't right, but I'm seeing, you know, I'm just for a second. God said, maybe you're not always right. Maybe, just maybe. I said, Lord, but I feel like I'm always right. He said, well, you're not always right. Just keep the light beaming bright with plenty of oil. Never let it extinguish out. And the darkness will not overpower it because we have Christ. It's our responsibility to walk in the light. God's not going to force you. He's not going to make you. He's just going to set that table and say, you can meet with me. I'll give you light every day of your life. And you know what? I'm grateful for the church because I'm watching as our church in discipleship is growing up. We're maturing. We're growing in the things of God, you know, and but we have to constantly be taught and, and have a steady diet of disciplines and, and discipleship. And this is one of them. Walk in the light. Amen. Walk in the spirit. You'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. You know, is not the spirit the light. It is the spirits, the oil, the spirits, the water, the spirits, the wind. It's all of these symbols in the Bible, but it's the light. He is the light. Let's walk in that. Your marriage will be healed. Your marriage will be healed. Because you won't sit in darkness and say, well, you know what? Bless God, this time they're going to come say they're sorry to me. I'm not budging. And let me tell you, I've been there. Angela's been there. You've been there where you said, you know what? Silent treatment today. That's not God. That's not God. You know. Go right over the top of that and love them. Love you, kids. Everything's good. Amen. Between my heart and my Lord and you. Amen. Amen. Let's bring it in. Amen. I love you, folks. Appreciate you. Father, we thank you tonight for the, for the Spirit of God here, your presence, your anointing. God, I thank you that you are preparing your church for your return. And I pray that we all will read the scriptures and that we will obey them. 
that we will learn from them. We will grow in them and that they will be a living word, the, the living word to us that brings faith to obey the commandments of the Lord. You said in your word, if we love you, we'll keep your commandments. That wasn't a suggestion. And I love you, Lord, and I want to keep your commandments. And I pray that you give us all the grace, Lord, to be what we're supposed to be, that example of Christ. Lord, that people would see Jesus in us. I'm asking you to help each and every one tonight. And God, I'm believing you, Lord, and trusting you. And Father, as we close tonight, I pray, Lord, for Daryl Turner as he's in Argentina. I pray, Lord, that you will continue to use him and bless him and minister through him. Let these young, these youth that he's preaching to, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of youth that he's preaching to, God, let him bring a, 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 a fresh anointing upon his life. Put it upon him that when he speaks, their hearts burn within them. God, let souls come to Christ. Let people be delivered and set free and blessed. And Lord, with a new found fresh, uh, Lord, uh, you know, vision from God and let them see their destiny in you. Lord, to serve you and to live for you and to do what you've called them to do. We trust you tonight. And Lord, I pray, I just believe you, Lord, to minister, Lord, tonight to Willie, God. Open the door that no man can shut, God. And every other person in here, Lord, that is, is, is seeking for employment, God, I'm praying that you will open up the windows of heaven and, God, respond, Lord, with an answer, Lord, and, and a job. I pray that you, there's a specific job, there's a perfect place, Lord, but there's many, several in here, not many, but several that need jobs, Lord, and I'm believing you to open the door and open up the windows of heaven. Bless in abundance, I pray pray and God uh, grant it in Jesus name we ask you and thank you bless this congregation with your grace and mercy and your blessing in Jesus name we ask amen God bless you tonight as you go have a good evening